So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Happy New Year, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui. Can you believe it is 2022? Man, the last couple of years have been so bizarre, so strange. The I had a really good end of December. I had a really good last month of 2021. I hope you did too. I hope you enjoyed your holidays. And I hope now as we're coming after the new year, you're ready to hit the ground running like I am. I spent so much time at this part of the year reviewing last year, reviewing goals. Um, I love New Year's. You know, some people say you should do goals all year long or every quarter and every month. And I do a lot of that other stuff, but there's nothing like looking back in a year to try to see what you accomplished and what you want to do over this next one, especially during some of that slow uh, vacation holiday time we had. So I hope that everyone made it. I hope everyone's travels went well. There were a lot of delays out there with flights and weather and everything else. And now hopefully we are back to business. So this episode, this is one of those special episodes where I go through and you listen to a few minutes of every one of the podcasts that we did in December to see if there's any one of them that you want to go back and listen to again. This will be a quick 30 to 40 minute cliff notes where you will definitely get some of the best value we got from each of these agents. And then you'll decide which ones you want to go back to. So starting off, this was a great interview that I did. This is with Jacob Valdeon, and this was especially good for newcomers, for new agents on how he was able to succeed in his first 13 months. And then soon after I recorded this, I actually got to meet up with him in Las Vegas. He was out there living big, and I was excited to get to see him and to see what he is doing with his life. So here's a few minutes of that one, episode 1006. We're over a thousand, a thousand six, 31 deals in his first 13 months with Jacob Valdeon. And what's your favorite social media stuff to use? Right now I'm on Instagram and I'm working on a TikTok. So a lot of that right now is what's getting more engagement. Um, and also I'm working a lot of TikToks um, as well and like reels. That's what's getting boosting a lot of engagement right now. So if you've seen my, if you look at my page right now, I have like three TikToks that posted recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a social media content strategy. So that got people that are out there and that think social media is hard to simplify it, break it down to, I call it Sunday's draft day. I literally get like a photo shoot done and I just do all the captions on a Sunday. I put them all on my Instagram drafts and all it's literally, you know, p- plug and play just, and that day you hit post and it's up. There's no, there's no thinking involved. And when it comes to reels, ask yourselves in my notes, I have a literally list of 30 um, consumer questions. You go to fam- friends or family, anyone, you know, or just go on Google. Um, what are consumer questions for real estate? And it's just like today I shot a video saying, um, how do I know how much my home is worth? And you just add enthusiasm in the video and then you just make that video and boom, 30 second video up, engagement's up. And now you have 2,000, 3,000 eyeballs on you and people are going to see you as a trusted source and they see you at top of mind. Like I post six times a week or try to at least. And when you're top of mind and they see you as the source and they see you cons- consistent and you show your wins here and there, this guy's the guy I need to start talking to about real estate. Yeah. I love that. As I'm looking at your social media right now, I could see that. And it's the social media is awesome. And we talk about it a lot on here. I, I think that it helps so many agents be successful, but the idea of being able to share kind of some quick reels, some quick things that people were asking like, Hey, a lot of people understand Facebook. A lot of people understand t- uh, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. They don't understand reels and TikTok. So if they were saying, mm. Hey, tell them what that is. And what are like three or four of your favorite reels or TikToks that you think that every agent should do? So there's, there's ways to do it. There's ways to do a little bit more personality side, um, source of advice, or there's some where you can just hop on a trend, right? There's one where there's like a U-Haul video. If you look at my page, I literally, uh, it's like a funny trend. And I was like in a U-Haul and I was just trying to make it funny. And I was just trying to move some stuff. And so there's three different ways you can do it, um, but make it you. People want to, you know, there's always that saying they want to buy from people who they know, like, and trust. Well, if you can get them to laugh and they can start engaging their content, they're going to start looking at your stuff more, but also go on there and be like, Hey, I'm still a professional. I don't just make funny videos all day. Like I actually know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. So the consumer questions are lead with the hook 
and then go out there and give you about 15 seconds of meat potatoes because on reels it's fast it's just boom you just keep going through so lead with the hook and then give them about 15 seconds of like content they can really like oh that's interesting i never knew that and then and then end it with like hey follow for more tips and then just keep it quick because at this pace of how social media is going they're not even posting the most recent photos anymore it's just kind of like what gets good engagement when what's going on with the algorithms on instagram so people get afraid to like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm scared to post. I, I personally, to be honest with you, I actually turn off my likes because I don't care about engagement. I care more about the people who are engaging. So if you're engaging me, I'm, I'm looking at you as, hey, I'm going to try and get you on as a client and use social media more as a business tool rather than a place to just post photos. Yeah. So you're looking for the messages, you're looking for the comments mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Next one, you said environmental versus environmental. Yeah, so it's 50% mental in business um, and then 50, 50% envi- environmental. So you have to be in a, in a position of people who are winning and push you, right? So the person who brought me in business was averaging 25 to 30 deals a year. And on average, most realtors close one deal a month or maybe three to four a year on average of just in, in real estate in general. I was jumping into the fire with someone who's saying, hey, I'm doing three, four deals this month. I'm like, well, I got to stretch my capacity and you'll grow to the the size of the room, right? And Ed Milet talks about the whole identity. Uh, your identity is like a governor on your life, just like it is um, the like the AC unit in your house. When your life gets to heat up too fast, the AC is going to cool you down naturally. The only way to increase your identity or raise your identity is to do a lot in a short amount of time or hang out with people who are doing things that you want to do. You just, you know, they say, you are the five people you hang around with. You know, if you have five friends who are millionaires, you're either going to become their friend or you're not going to hang out with them anymore. You're just going to filter yourself in and out. So environment is everything. Um, and then I'd say business is, I'd say, 80% um, strategy, 20% execution. So you have to, it's, it's really not hard to win in business once you learn the strategies and the philosophies in it. All right. If you want to hear more from Jacob, go back and listen to the rest of episode 1006. Next up is the state of the market 85. Me and Kelly Scavel were talking again a lot about you know eviction rights, what's going on in New York, what's going on in the rest of the country, and how we think those laws are going to affect agents. We also went into some of the, the brokerage laws out there and some of the off-market listings and lawsuits going on with Realtor and MLS and all sorts of things. Here's a few minutes of state of the market 85 with Kelly Scavel. When they talk about the just cause for evictions, some people are using like evictions and lease end as something similar, right? I recently told someone, hey, your lease expires in two months and we're not going to be renewing it. And they, uh, they were very upset. They could not believe that they weren't going to have the option to stay. And they're like, and you're only giving us two months. And I'm thinking, I'm, I only need to give you 30 days. The fact that I'm giving you two months lets you know we're not renewing, like that's law and that's normal. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be curious if this is, do you, is this, is this for all evictions? It says good cause eviction bill also knows the right to renew is aimed at ensuring tenants do not get evicted without a landlord first obtaining an order from a city or a judge installs protections against certain levels of rent hikes ugh, and generally lays out in great detail the circumstances under which an eviction can be executed. Dude, rent hikes is, I, I mean, I am totally against government when they, when they are trying to decide how much you can do. What do you think about that one? What do you know about that one? Yeah, it's interesting. So New York state is, it's like no secret, right? That New York state is a tenant friendly state, right? So like the, the laws usually favor the tenant. Like, for example, you're talking about, you only need to give 30 days. Notice we have to, you can give, you can, 30 days is fine if they have, if their lease is under a year, if they've lived in the property for, I think it's a year up to 18 months or two years, you have to give 60 days. And if it's been more than two years, you have to give a 90 day notice, non-renewal notice. So yeah, it's already, it's already, I think, I feel like we're already strictly regulated here. They're saying that if there's not a good cause, right? So if they're not like breaking the law, then they should have the right to renew without the landlord's input. Yeah. Any, any last thoughts you, you want to mention for the end of the year or thoughts about the real estate market in general or things you're excited oh, about? Yeah, I'm excited. So last year, 2021 was like December, 2020 was like, we slowed down a little bit. I'm not kidding. January 2nd. We were off and running again, at least my business was, and I had clients reaching out. So I'm, I'm all crossing my fingers for another, another year like that. I think if I was going to make a bold pre- prediction right now, as it slows down, I would say that in January, again, if you're, if you're a long-term investor, I think you should start trying to buy properties in January. Cause I think people will have a couple months of like, take a little bit longer right now for stuff to get sold. People might be a little bit more willing to sell those deals. And I think in most cases, if you buy a house in January, it's going to be worth more 
when we're sitting here doing this podcast yes. a year from now. So yeah. um, for, I mean, as, as always, if we're buying houses to live in, you just find the one that you can afford forever that you love and you stay there. Uh, but if you're an investor or people are wondering what's going to happen with the housing market, I think that everything is pointing to it still going another year. And if you're struggling in your own market, just think back to what it felt like a year ago. Talk to people, look at those emails from back then, look at the news from back then. And if it feels last year a lot like it did now, then maybe that's a, a tune of what's to come. So, all right. If you want to hear the rest of the chat with me and Kelly, remember, go back and listen to the rest of State of the Market 85. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their, pro their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I wanna sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for 220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents. It's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. Next up, episode 1007. This was cool. I got to talk to Courtney Atkinson. So Courtney is a, a great agent, big agent. He's been, he's been working for a long time, kind of building up his team and building up his brokerage. And he had a lot of great advice in this one. Here's a few minutes of episode 1007 with Courtney Atkinson. Earn six figures your first year in real estate. You know as well as I do. I mean, ideas are cheap, right? Like you can go online and by the end of this week, have a hundred ideas of how to make a hundred million dollars. But here's the question, like who is going to wake up every day for the next 365 days over the next decade to execute one of those strategies, right? And you've done that and I've done that and other successful people in the space have done that. So the ideas aren't, the, aren't really the challenge, are they? Like the ideas are abundant. You know, you and I can build a new business starting tomorrow with ideas that we could find for free. But the question is, who's going to wake up and do the work every day for 10 years? I mean, it really takes 10 years to build a business, right? Yeah. Yeah. The It's so much like our, all, every book that gets written, our book of how to buy foreclosures, it was every one of our steps in there, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember these people reaching out to me going, why would you tell other people how? Because, like, like, because some people just really just like any good book or business strategy plan, people are like, hey, here's how to do it. And there's plenty of times when people say, all right, that's cool, but that's really hard. So can you do it for me? Or can someone else right. do it for me? I didn't realize it was so, I didn't realize it was actually took so much effort. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah stuff takes effort. And ask yourself this question too. I mean, this is kind of the, the behind the scenes stuff, but like, dude, how many times have you almost been broke? How many times have you almost been divorced? How many times has your relationship with your children suffered? Your friends, you know, ha have you really just fallen down and not sure that you're going to be able to get back up? Like that's the stuff that defines people. That's certainly the stuff that's made me who I am today that yeah. I'm really proud of. But dude, in those moments, I was shattered hundreds of times over this last decade. And, you know, I just committed to the process. I just said, well, hey, listen, I've made it this far. Surely I can make it through this day, this year, this season, whatever it is. And you just keep going because you fall in love with the journey. And I think that's the thing that I see lots more now is like people love the idea of wealth generation and freedom, uh, but they don't love the idea of committing to a process over a long period of time. It can sometimes be mundane. It can be risky and that you inevitably know you're going to fall down and fail a bunch, right? I, I think that's that's always been lacking. I mean, that's the thing that separated people from the win big and, and people that don't, right? Yeah. That's great stuff. What's something that you wish you would have known early on in real estate, like in your first couple of years, something you know now that you think every new agent needs to hear? Well, I think there's two things. I have, I have a piece of advice for somebody that's trying to build a team. And then I think a piece of advice that will serve some, some new individual agents. So for team builders, you know, I, I think that there's this common misconception out there 
that you can apply the same principles that you applied to attracting clients, sellers and buyers to you as an individual, and that the mindset required to do that will be the same mindset required to attract agents and help them scale. And those two things are very different. You know, attracting a buyer and seller is one thing. It's transactional. There's a process involved, but there's a cultural element involved to attracting agents, serving agents, giving them the things that they need to win and legitimately, honestly, in your heart wanting those people to succeed and giving them opportunities so they can do so and expecting them to fail, wanting them to fail and supporting them through those failures and being one of their biggest cheerleaders. I think the thing that a lot of cheer- that a lot of team leaders do is they expect everybody on their team to be just like them, to hustle as hard and to know the things that they know. And they, they kind of, I, I like to think of it like this, they stand back and they kind of point their finger and they say, why not this? Why won't you do that? I don't understand. How come you won't call these leads? And the fact is, they're just not wired like you. So we have to do a better job, I think, just accepting people where they are, seeing them in their space, appreciating them for who they are and supporting them in that journey. So I think that's one thing, really, that's just from me to we, right, uh, from a team leader standpoint. The thing that I see lacking in, in independent agents, just the solo agent, is everybody seems to me to want to be a, a star on the internet before they just want to put in the hard work. Like I see a lot of people really focused on their image, you know, they're focused on the perfect you know, outfit, you know, the, the perfect photograph for their Instagram. And they're, they're doing a great job posting loads of content, not necessarily compelling call to action content, but just like loads of image content. And they're thinking that branding is going to be the thing that's going to make their phone ring. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't work, but there's a proven strategy that worked 13 years ago, worked five years ago, and it works today. And here's what it is. Go grab a buddy at your brokerage's open house Go use telelisting, circle prospect the neighborhood, run a simple ad a kilometer around that property for three or four days on social media with you talking about the property coming up, and then go door knock those freaking houses a couple of days before. Like that's a that's like a five hundred dollar a year budget that you can use to make a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars a year your first year in real estate. And I did that, and I made that kind of money out of the shoot. But still, I think people want to focus on the easy stuff, like they want to mash buttons on their keyboard. But they didn't want to get out there and do the hard work like prospecting and getting hung up on, you know, or door knocking and worrying that somebody's not going to be polite to them. And I'm like, hey, listen, like, I'll do that because I want to make the money so that I can eventually step away from that. Like, I don't have to do that now. But the fact is, I had to put in my time. I had to burn the soles off my shoes so that I could earn the right to sit behind a computer and build a business like I have. You don't have to do that forever, but I really believe that's the fastest way to success for a new agent. This isn't hard work. Like the thing that I that I coach on to my agents and to my coaching clients is, you know, we have these conversations like, listen, I've done hard work before. I know that you have too. I used to work in the woods, man, carrying a thinning saw around in the middle of nowhere. And I had to hike a kilometer before I could even turn the damn thing on, man. I know what hard work looks like. Yeah. Like sitting in a in a in a warm air-conditioned or heated room, mashing buttons, talking to people on a phone's easy work for me. Going out meeting people that have intent to buy or sell real estate, that's easy work to me. It's not, it's not labor intensive. It's time intensive. It takes energy. It takes thought. It takes preparation, right? It takes mindset. That's one of the biggest things. It takes enthusiasm. Like you have to work on these things. But the fact is, it's not hard physical labor. And to me, I'm like, hey, listen, that sounds like cake to me. So all I want to teach people to do is, hey, listen, like, don't overthink any of this stuff. Like, just get down to the basics. I mean, generating some PPC leads is easy. Following up with them 10 times in 14 days, not so much. Getting to them quickly, that's hard too, right? That's the hard stuff. But when you have the discipline to sit down each and every day and commit two to three hours to that, you're running a multiple six-figure business in absolutely no time. And you deserve to because you've been disciplined at your effort, right? Yeah. All right. If you want to hear more of those tips from Courtney Atkinson, remember, go back and listen to the rest of episode 1007. Next up, this was one of our GoBundance specials. When I was at my mastermind this summer, I was able to interview several people. And this is a package deal for this one. I interviewed Kevin Gray and Adam Witte uh, about financial advice and authority marketing. Here's a few minutes of that one. How successful should someone be before they start thinking about finding a financial advisor? You know, it, that is a very difficult number because that is all relative. You know, our sweet spot for our company is that one to ten million dollar spot. We've got some young advisors. We got six offices, so I got to say in general terms, because we'll have forty-five million, one hundred million dollar clients. But for the most part, how do you get going? Really, that's the first question I got earlier in the week. Is when do you need an advisor? It's well, when do you want to start planning for retirement? When do you, uh, do you have a family? 
Um, do you need income? Do you have some savings? Are you ready to invest? Do you know how to invest your 401k? So it's all of those questions. That's when you need an advisor because not everybody does what we do every day. It gives, allows you the free time to go do what you do. So whether it's 200,000 or whether it's a 10 million, you know, I think it's relative for anybody and everybody, but the plan earlier than you think. Yeah. Well, especially with some of that stuff, like, should I put this house or this apartment into an LLC or a trust and, and understanding on some investments, so I'm going to own this one for 10 years. What, what should my entity structure be compared to this one that I might sell in a few years, you know, with especially all the different tax laws and things like that, that, that might be coming. What's a crystal ball stuff, real estate market. You said it's strong. How, how much of a, how much runway do you think we got left right now? I think there is some left, you know, are we starting to see some softening? Maybe it's slowing down, but the growth is still there. You know, interest rates are tremendously low. We expect them to stay low. We know the Fed's going to say that they're going to stay low. Uh, however, they're also making you, they're forcing you to take more risk in order to get a return because inflation's there. I am worried about inflation. I think inflation's going to kick in as well. Uh, but as a, pertains to real estate. I think there's some room rate, you know, even in Texas, a lot of people moving to Texas, of course, there's a shortage on even homes and houses. Does that run rate look right on, uh, you know, those expectations? It looks like there's some room to run. So I'm comfortable with the real estate we're adding to it. There's many aspects to real estate. It's not all just single family. It's not just multifamily. It's not all commercial. It's not just office. It's not just lodging. It's uh, industrial warehousing. You go down the list. There's a lot of things in real estate and all of them looks fairly strong. There's some volatility in there. I think that's a key word. It's, it's going to swing, but it looks like there's growth among all of them, at least for the, for the you know, near term. Yeah, I love that prediction and that summary. I imagine that your business is more than just an online authority or if you were going to give someone recommendations, someone says, why do I need an authority? Like, why do I need to build an authority or uh, like a thought campaign? What, what would you say? Yeah. So if you're not an authority, mm -hmm. you're a commodity. And here's what I know about commodities. We buy commodities, uh, the lowest price, not the highest price. Yeah. Because if everything else is the same, why would I pay more? Right. Right. And so if you're in an industry where there's a lot of people that are supposedly or at least from the outside, it looks like they're doing the same thing that you do, then guess what happens? People go to the lowest common denominator, which either means they're not coming to you or they're coming to you because you're the low, low price provider, which isn't really a great place to be. Yeah. But when you have authority, when you command a leadership position in your industry, not only do you become a magnet where now people are coming to you versus you having to go to them, but you can charge a whole lot more. So the great thing about authority marketing, authority marketing is that it allows you to, in some cases, shortcut the process. Now, that doesn't mean that you are an imposter. It doesn't mean that you don't know your stuff. What it means is that you're taking the expertise that you have. You're sharing the stories, the passion, the knowledge that you've built as an expert in your business, in your industry, and you are strategically building a plan with how to share that. So how do you share it? Well, a lot of people share it by writing and publishing a book. Mm -hmm. A lot of people share it by creating a podcast, uh, writing articles, blogs, uh, articles uh, in newspapers or special reports. A lot of people do speaking. A lot of people pursue earned media. So that is they'll hire somebody to help get them featured on radio, on television, in newspapers and magazines. Because People don't believe what you say about yourself, but they sure do believe what other people say about you. Yeah, right. Agree. So these are all of these different things that you can do to build your authority, to build your stature. And none of it just happens. Somebody's got to take the action to make it happen. And guess what? It's not going to be your competitor. Yeah. It's not going to be your spouse or your kids or your employees for that matter. It's got to be you. All right, if you liked that one, go back and listen to the GoBundance special from December 16th, Financial Advice with Kevin Gray and Authority Marketing with Adam Witte. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able 
to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Bob. You know, on an interview last week with Agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out, out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on his massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know, best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. Next up, episode 1008. This is with Trish Williams. She's been on the show a few times, and but her big thing that she was talking about is how to stop working weekends without sacrificing volume. Here's a few minutes of Trish Williams. How do you have your staff set up? Like how do you, so how do you do it all? And what part do you outsource the staff? And what part do you still do? And and what have you learned through that? Like what advice would you give in that whole process? Right. So one of the things is I do use showing agents. Um, I, I don't I don't, and this is, this is I, I, probably the biggest nugget that I could give people too, is that I don't work weekends. I've worked probably eight weekends in this entire year. Um, I've been able to do the production that I'm doing. Um, I think it's a misconception that people have that to do a lot of production, which I had that misconception too, because I said, I'm either going to sacrifice money, I'm going to sacrifice doing a lesser amount of volume to be able to have my time with my family, because that's what matters most to me. I didn't realize that it was possible. But this year, I just basically said, like, I have to have this possible. So I, I have showing agents that will show homes for me on the weekend. I have two, two of them that are just people that I'm very close with. They're not on the team. I trust them. I know them, um, known them for a long time. And we have a, a, an agreement basically where they know that when they're working with clients, they're going to show houses on the weekends only. We have a smaller split that is involved in that. And, um, and, and they're basic, they, they are on call. Like if there's like a weekday where I can't make it or I can't be available for the client, then they'll be able to step in. But they're basically their commitment is the weekends. That's been working very well with me. Um, my admin, um, my, I, I have a full-time admin that works in the office. She handles all of, uh, you know, transaction, transaction coordinating. Uh, we do uh, follow-ups with the sellers every Thursday. So she'll do um, the Thursday follow-ups, letting the sellers know, you know, the amount of, um, uh, the amount of showings, the feedback re that we've received, all of, all of that information. Um, I have a second staff member that handles marketing. Um, I have a podcast. Um, I have a podcast called uh, a realty check, realty check with Trish Williams. It is a local Las Vegas real estate news podcast. I invite other realtors on the show, and we talk about what's happening in in news. Um, you know what's happening, like in the headlines in real estate, and we bring it down to like what's how that re like applies to our market. Boots on the ground. What's really going on? Because a lot of times, what's reported is not accurate. So my other staff member, um, he will uh, do the marketing for the podcast, the promoting on it. He promotes social media. 
he does client events, um, phone calls. So we do client appreciation events every quarter and he'll spend a lot of time. Our database right now is 2,600 people. So he spends basically every quarter inviting people to the next event, you know, just calling and saying, we have an event coming up. We hope that you can make it. And, you know, just telling people that, uh, you know, we appreciate them. It's not a sales call whatsoever. It's just, uh, keeping in contact with people and people really appreciate that. And a lot of times they will say hey can you have trish call me so that's uh that's always good i think the i mean i love the podcast news shows that's really really cool and i bet you're going to get some listeners that come uh reach out to you now um any last things that you think every agent should know or just i know there was a couple things you said that were tips like something that you wish someone would have told you in year one or that you really want you know just want to say that message to everybody now yeah, there's there's a couple things. So um, one of them is database. Database is so huge. When I, you know, when I started, I I didn't, um, you know, I, I learned early on that that building that, creating more people, getting more people in your database is going to be important. But I didn't realize how important, like, the long game was of it. But right now, you know, I have, my database is 2,600 people. I definitely, I want to get it over 5,000. But even having 2,600 people, I have people to call every day. Every day I have someone to call. I don't have to go find phone numbers. I don't have to go, you know, call it. There's nothing wrong with calling expireds and FISBOs. That's not, you know, it, it works for people. It's a model, right? But I don't have to do that. I have people to call. I have people to contact and they're people that I am constantly communicating with. And that is tremendous. It is so much easier to build a business off of having a database. And it doesn't matter how you're getting those. I got some of those just from raffles. I mean, raffling off, I raffled off a Roomba one time at a, at a convention booth at an, uh, what was it like a, I don't even remember, like a craft fair or something. I don't know what it was. I just bought a booth. I raffled off a Roomba. It had nothing to do with real estate. I had my real estate information out there, but they met me, they seen me, and I stayed in contact with them. And that's all that matters. You find local people that live in your community and you get them in your database and you stay in contact with them and communicate with them and they will get to know and like you. It's not always the first phone call, but over time, if you keep reaching out, they will get to know and like you, and it will be so much easier to find business and do business when you do it that way. What a cool summary on that. All right. If you liked that one and you want to learn more and hear more of those tips from Trish on how to grow your company and still get your personal life, go back and listen to the rest of episode 1008. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui with a quick commercial break. Now you've been listening, you've been waiting, and now the big Rent Ready mystery can be revealed. Rent Ready just launched rental property accounting for landlords. It's so new, I haven't even got a chance to check it out yet. Now you can easily connect your rental properties from Rent Ready to an accounting software created specifically for landlords with Rent Ready's newest partner, REI Hub. Now I've used a lot of payment processing systems in the past, and it's always been a challenge even asking them to generate APIs so it can talk to our existing systems. And they're really, any type of software that collects payments doesn't make it very easily to do that. But now with Rent Ready, you can automatically transfer properties and charges from your Rent Ready profile. You can track your income and expenses with matching rules and payment templates to speed up your bookkeeping. View your profit and loss or cash flow by property or unit. Get your portfolio's balance sheet, schedule ease, and more. Guys, we're so excited about this. And here's something even more exciting. As always, with Rockstars, you get a special, special opportunity. If you're not currently using Rent Ready, you can sign up using our special code ROCKSTAR50 and get 50% off your Rent Ready subscription. Once you set up your properties, you can add rental property accounting as a premium feature. If you're currently using Rent Ready, go check out the new accounting features designed to save you time and money while you manage your business. And remember, it's Rent Ready with an I at the end. R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I dot com. Thanks for listening. Go check them out. Next up, episode 1009, Selling Second Homes in Ski Country with Megan Luther. This was an interesting interview because it's, she's in a second home market and talked a lot about how they do that, how they how they market. She had a lot of great marketing tips on that one too, of ways she was able to you know, reach out in clever ways to sellers, you know, reaching out, offering different commission options and things like that to get those phone calls to start generating that, that referral business. Here's a few minutes with Megan Luther. 
the listings that people are giving you, are they repeat buyers? Are they people that you represented on the buy side before? Like what's the secret to having such a big uh, market share? Yeah, it's a good mix, right? There's a lot of sphere of influence uh, because we've been up here for so long. But we also did a direct mail campaign that had a lot of success. One of the things that, as we discussed previously, where we kind of rubbed agents the wrong way, right? We did a zero to 7% flexible commission structure. And so that caught a lot of people's attention. And we were able to snag quite a few listings from that campaign. Dude, it's amazing how much sellers focus on that number. Right. Yes. Commission is the thing. First thing is what are you going to charge me for commission? At least for if you're, I think maybe it stands out more in a second home place. Yes. Like what you have, because a lot of second home stuff, it's, it's investors or it's people that have wealth that have done the transaction. And if they're going to sell it, it's like a number. They're like, I thought I was going to go out there this many times per year. Now I'm not, or I got a bigger one. Now I'm not. So I could see commission really standing out. When you did that mailing campaign was a lot of it, people that like, so I, I guess as you're mailing, you're mailing to their out-of-state address to say like, hey, do you want to sell your free Exactly. Out? Yeah, exactly. So that's always fun because we don't really have set farming lists, right? Everybody is spread all over the place. So yeah, we, we targeted higher end, which was great because you're exactly right. That's their mentality. They don't really care. You know, it's not a primary where they have to move to a certain location or they, you know, they need an extra bedroom or this, that, or the other. They're like, I want to make as much money as possible. And so how you can get creative and change up the mix for them, that zero to seven was, was how we, we spoke to that need for these second home sellers. And it was awesome because we, we'd go in and chat with them and it's like, yeah, it's essentially a menu. It's like, what do you need us to do? What would you like us to do? Because here's what we offered, right? At 0%, we gave them 48 hours. You find your own buyer. You don't need us for anything. No harm, no fall. But as soon as we started marketing and doing, you know, X, Y, Z, all the stuff, then it changed to a different set percentage. And depending on what they wanted to offer as a cooperating commission, because that's another common misnomer, Right. Um, people think there's a set commission that you have to offer, but it's up to the seller. It's at their discretion. So depending on what they wanted to offer as a co-op, that would change the, the total commission structure. Yeah. And in, the, in these heavy seller markets, the, we've seen a lot more shifting around on the buyer side. It ranges anywhere from, in Texas, we see it ranging anywhere from one and a half to 3%. Yep. And again, dep- depends on if people are selling their house, you know, selling their homes themselves, or if they are investors and what they're seeing in those in those transitions. So now you've learned a lot about tra- the you know transaction process and marketing process. What's something you wish you would have known when you first got into real estate? That you know now, honestly, how to run a business better and how to hire people. Um, one of the things that makes our team so great, and it's been a lot of different growing pains, but figuring out how to onboard people so they understand what our culture is, right? Because we are friendly, we're fun, we want everybody to be successful, but we're also very much grinders and we love working hard and this is very important to us and we want to be professionals. I think there's a lot of people that you run into just really in any realm, right? That they're not necessarily devoted to it. And so this is something that was something that was very important to us to make sure that anyone that we brought in really understood, you know, contracts and negotiation and that this is a client focused customer service based business. Like you are doing, this is the biggest purchase people, some people will ever make in their entire lives, right? It's their home. And yeah, we're dealing with second homes as well, but still it's an investment and it's very important to them. So that customer service aspect is extremely important. And if we would have vetted people a little bit better in the beginning, um, I think we would have had a little bit less harsh growing pains, I guess. All right. If you want to hear more tips with Megan, go back and listen to the rest of episode 1009 selling second homes in ski country with Megan Luther. All right. And here's our last episode for December, last episode of 2021 with two of some of my favorite guys. These guys are great friends of mine. I've known them uh, for many, many years and got to see them in their personal life and their business lives and just how they succeed. So this is a GoBundant special from December 27th, Empowerment Through Sports with Aaron Belke. And don't wait to start investing with Kurt Booker. And I think the two things that people need to, kids in particular, need to experience is failure with their money first, right? Yeah. We love to like shelter them like, well, I'm not going to let them spend here. I'm not going to let them do this. And failure is really important. We learned a lot from failures. That game was really a failure mechanism. Um, and then we want to pre- prevent 
them from going too far down on a slippery slope, we'll put up the boundaries, but we want to let them crash and burn once or twice with mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Money failure, the money failure is really, really important. Failure is really important. Yeah, it's funny. I got to interview my daughter Maddie at Fanbundance. We <laughs> talked awesome. about the businesses that she grew, right? And she's making a lot of money now as a 14 year old. Where I'm like, you'll never like by the time you are ready to graduate from high school, you won't have to go to college. Like your job is already set. You'll be on like your third or fourth business. And it was funny because when I wanted to share her journey, she did not want to share her failures. Right. She was like, I don't want to talk about that business. I don't want to talk about that one. I don't want to talk about that one. I only want to talk about my one right now that I'm crushing it in. When I'm winning. Right. And then she's 14. Of course she wants to talk about how she's winning because she has so much to be able to offer even to adults that are trying to start their own business. But the, our failures are our story. Yeah. Our failures are our success. I would be nothing without my failure and the most things that I ever learned. Right now, you know, my life is in a good season. My businesses are in a good season. And so much of it is because even failures of not taking advantage of opportunity in the past. And then getting to see like, oh, right now is this period of huge opportunity. We've had three times where we didn't go big enough. Let's go as big as we can during this one. What is the one thing you would tell people of how to succeed and thrive in their life over the next year? Mm. 12 months um, process over product. Build habits, build routines, build goals that stack on themselves. Let go of like, I want to be fit and work on how many times can I get to the gym? Instead of, I want to make X dollars, how many phone calls can you make that open up the doorway to a sale? Instead of, you know, I want to live the best life I can, I want to consistently give back to others. I want to do a random act of kindness once a week. Process over product that will change your life. That is so great, Aaron. So the a very short part of your story. So you said I went from being an employee to starting an installation company. Right. It's a big jump. You also said I found the wrong partner. Or can you think of anything at the beginning that you could have maybe done different to where he would have been all in? Also, I don't know because I just don't think he had that. Some people just don't have that business owner mindset. Some people just have the employee mindset. It's almost like being brainwashed where, you know, those people that just, you know, you know, like a contractor or something, like if you don't pay them their money on Friday, like their world explodes. Yeah. Cause they, yeah. they are living paycheck to paycheck. And he just had that mindset where I was thinking about like five years from now, I was thinking about the long term of the business. He was just thinking extremely short term. Like I just need to finish this job and get paid on Friday and spend all my money by Monday. And I just didn't have that mindset at all. So people out there right now, there's, we got hundreds of thousands of real estate agents that are going to see this. We've got people that are starting their entrepreneurship journey. We've got people that are deciding right now to start investing on the side. What is the one piece of advice you would give anyone of how to succeed and be happy in life you know, over the next 12 months? I would say with real estate, it's, um, you know, what's the old saying? You, you buy real estate and wait, don't wait and buy real estate. I think with real estate, as long as you're buying right, buy and hold, I am not I'm not big on going in and out of properties. Um, I'm a big buy and hold guy, whether whether it's a stock market or the real estate market. I think if you buy and hold something right and have it for the long run, you're going to be in you're going to be in great shape in the future. But also, you got to you got to manage real estate. I mean, a lot of I think a lot of us as real estate investors, we talk about the deals, we talk about the sexiness of finding real estate, the markets that we're going in. But the unsexy thing about real estate is the management of real estate. Yep. So you actually have to manage real estate. You got to manage your tenants. You got to manage your properties. You got to manage your contractors. You got to manage your maintenance. So that's a big part of it as well. You got to treat that just as just as important as, as finding the deal, in my opinion. Okay, if you like that one, be sure to go back and listen to the Go Abundant special with Aaron Belke and Kurt Buckert. This is Jeremy Taylor. I'm one of the producers of the podcast. When Aaron recorded the introductions before he went on vacation, he forgot to do the one for the last episode, so I'm just substituting in for him. The final episode of the month was 1010, Closing Cash Buyers in Dubai with Mark Castley, and he's actually the COO of LuxuryProperties.com. Here's a few minutes of that one. I've traveled the world quite extensively coaching real estate, and what I've learned in my many different locations is it's the same everywhere. No matter what language, what industry, whether it's pre-construction, whether it's ready properties, it's it's all the same. And I, I say this to people, it's, it's funny, because people think I'm crazy, but the top 1%, I spend a lot of time with the top 1% around the world. I still 
you know, I'm not going to name names, but you and I both know who the top 1% are. I spend a lot of time speaking to them. And we do conference calls, we do education sessions, but they don't have skills that the bottom 99% don't have. And I say this a lot, like there's no secret recipe to being in the top 1%. It's not like they got told something at the real estate exam that nobody else got told. Yeah. You know, it's just a process and it's just getting that process right. And, it, and, it, and that's what it is, isn't it? You know, it, it is a process. The first year, you see, the first year you learn, the second year you earn. That can be longer. You know, it could be two years of learning before you start earning. But when you earn, it's worth it. And what I've realized is it's, it's the same across the board. What we do here in Dubai is the same as what we were doing in Miami. And it's the same as what we were doing in Vietnam. You know, you just, you've got to do a good job for your client. <laughs> and that's it, right? Yeah. You know, you, you've got to have good product knowledge. You've got to do the right thing. And, you know, it, you've just got to find out what he wants or she wants and match them. And then do a good, that dance in between, that's all it is. It's a big dance. And you get that dance right, then you can be successful. But that's, that's the hard part, learning the tango. Yeah. I love that the top 1% doesn't have any different skills really than the bottom 1%. It's just yeah. about putting in time, putting in the effort and following and not giving up. For, for Q1 of next year, you want to load up on leads because it's going to be busy. It's going to be really busy. Specifically, you know, I, I genuinely think that the US is going to have its busiest ever year mm-hmm. on record. I can't see a, a, a year that's going to outdo 2022 in my lifetime for what I've seen so far. So if that's, going, if that's my prediction, and I, I'm, it's a prediction. And it's not, yeah, I love predictions. Uh, so they keep yeah, going, yeah. Yeah. So if that's what I think it's going to happen, I'm telling my guys, well, look, we've just got to make the most of it. This is life-changing opportunity. I said, my guys, I've got 65 agents here. I say to them, look, 2022 is the year where you buy the holiday home, you buy a couple of investment properties, you put that money away where you don't have to work again because it's, you're buying cash. You're that guy that me and you were talking about at the start, like where's all this cash coming from? It's going to come from my agents or your agents or his agents or his agents because if you take advantage of the market right now, you're going to be successful. Yeah. Don't get to Q2 and be like, should have, should have kicked off a bit earlier. The market's hot and you're behind. You know, this 27th of December is ready to go. It's go time. And that's, that's, that's got to be the attitude, man. It's go time. Be, become one of those cash buyers, right? Agents, listen yeah. to that. Work hard, like what Mark is saying. Make more money yeah. than you've ever made and be some of those cash buyers that gets to put it away, maybe buy the Dubai property. The, one of the things, one of our questions said, if you were on stage, what would your panel be? And you said, every day is closing day. Every day is closing day. Yeah, man. Every day is closing day. Because it is, right? Yeah. It really is. Like, every single day is closing day. I have morning meetings with my, with my guys, and I'm, I'm full of beans. You know, I'm a pretty energetic guy. Dance around the office. You know, high impact. Let's, let's go. Let's make some money. And every day is closing day. Every single day, there's somebody out there who wants to do business with you. You just got to find them. But we, we're in a position where we do all have an abundance of leads at the moment, which is great. And there's somebody on your, on your CRM right now who's saying, I will sign a contract today if you just show me what I want. And what they want is out there. You've just got to find it and show them. And that is why every day is closing day. I love that. Okay, if you like that one, that was episode 1010 with Mark Castley. Now back to Aaron. Man, again, happy 2022. We had a lot of great interviews in December. We actually had a lot of great interviews in 2021. You know, if I do the math, I think I interviewed 125 to 150 people uh, this year. We got to talk about so many tips and tricks and tactics. So many of you listeners have reached out. You've messaged me on Instagram. We've started working together on deals and tips and 
and all sorts of different things. But what I love to hear the most is you listeners reaching out and just saying, thank you that you're listening to the podcast and that you love what we're doing. Everybody that comes on the show, you know, the biggest thing they want to do is provide value and help all of you agents to learn some of these secrets and tactics and apply them to your business. With 150 interviews this year, there has to be at least three or four tactics in there that work for you, right? There's hundreds of different tactics we talked about. And as you listen, I know some of them stuck out and said, hey, that is a perfect fit for my personality. It's a perfect fit for my market, perfect fit for who I am. So as you're looking at 2022 now, reach out to me. Tell me what your volume is going to be by the end of the year. Tell me you want to come on the podcast and what we're going to do before we get you on the podcast. I'd love to help you in your journey. I'd love to follow along in your journey and see you crush those goals as we head into this new exciting year. So Real Estate Rockstars, as always, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Happy New Year. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, We've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff rebusuniversity.com and if you want to chat with me go find me on Instagram if you come find me on Instagram you can send me messages tell me what you want to hear tell me what you liked what you didn't like we try to put a bunch of content out there too you can find me in two different places it's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things thanks for listening we'll see you again soon This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.